0: Welcome to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I am your host and purpose career coach, Michelle Glover. Imagine how you could feel if every day you walked into work you felt like you were walking in your purpose. That is what I call professional peace. Join me as I talk with leaders and they share their authentic journeys of purpose discovery and how they found professional peace in corporate America. Your journey to a purposeful career transformation starts now. Welcome to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I am your host, Michelle Glover, and today I am joined by special guest, Martin Falkesers. Martin is a senior director with I Events, Workforce and Organization Practice in North America. He's an accomplished business consultant and seasoned people leader with more than 15 years of extensive experience in strategizing and implementing cutting-edge change solutions and employee engagement, leadership development, and learning and development. He has a proven track record of transforming corporate organizations and culture in the military, scientific, and industrial sectors in Europe and the U.S. A friend of mine introduced me to Martin a few years ago, and during our meet and greet conversation, we both discovered we're passionate about people, purpose, and leadership. During this episode, you are going to learn how to release the expectations that people put on you when you're discovering your purpose. And you will learn tips and how to lead with purpose. So with that being said, get ready for a dynamic conversation. Get your pen and pad ready to take notes and enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of the creating your unlimited journey podcast. I am so excited to have today's guest, Martin Valkasers, who is a senior director at Capgemini Invent. So. He has so much wisdom and knowledge that he's going to share with us today, and I am ready to get started. So, hi, Martin.
1: Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me.
0: You are more than welcome. And thank you for being a guest on today's episode. So, you're a senior director at Capgemini Invent. So, tell us a little bit more about your role and what it is that you do for the audience.
1: Yeah, sure. I actually joined Capgemini only last year. So, it's not that long uh, ago. It was a great opportunity for me to essentially get back to my passion it was like a homecoming in a way. After having several stations across my career, what Kep Gemini offered me in that role as a senior director was really to focus on helping people to find their best purposeful environment at work. So mm. part I'm working within that organization in is the consulting arm. And then within consulting, the workforce and organization team I'm part of, we are really focusing on helping our clients enable their organizations, their environment for their employees to get the future they want. That's the kind of slogan we use, but what it really means is reinvent work, think about What is the best environment, particularly now with all the change that happened, uh, accelerated through the pandemic over the last two years, and find the right balance of the people within that equation embedded in obviously operating models, processes, and then supported by technology. And the buzzwords around this are about employee experience, purposeful work. So really finding that new space and define it so that people can flourish.
0: Right. And so now you all see why he is a guest on today's show, because he is a expert. I would say we're going to co-host this show together. But Martin, when we talk about your own journey of purpose discovery and, and how you got to where you are, can you tell us more about your own professional journey to purpose discovery?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a journey and it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: right, <laughs> uh, right, that's that, the key. It is not a one and done like I figured it out. <laughs> I love exactly. it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I uh, totally understand why you branded yourself as unlimited journey because that's what it is. And while it is a journey, uh, I would describe it in my case as a as a journey that had a lot to do with learning skills but also unlearning. Mm-hmm. And When I say unlearning and learning, it's actually broader than just learning skills in terms of acquiring knowledge, uh, methodologies, approaches, tools. For me, in hindsight, I think the biggest uh, chunk, the biggest thing I had to chew and finally overcome is to understand that I had to free myself from patterns That I adopted or uh, was um, exposed to as a child when you imitate, when you Mm -hmm. uh, get to learn the environment through the eyes of adults, parents, friends, and you just assume that's the way it should be. And Mm -hmm. uh, in many cases, that is the case that you learn and take a lot from it. But when it comes to finding your own space, your own mm-hmm. purpose, you might want to deviate from that, and right. um, you need to realize that you have to let go. That's the unlearning part. I was to really allow yourself to identify what matters to you, and then learn what it takes to get into that spot.
0: We're here just beaming, because that is such a gem that was shared on that unlearning. When you think about who you want to be and your purpose and finding your path, there are those behaviors that you have to unlearn. So let's give some tips here. So if someone says, how do I decide what it is I want to unlearn, like some uh, practical steps that they can go through that own assessment, and what are some ideas or suggestions to unlearn some of those habits that they have?
1: That's a good question. I think the most important one is take the time to reflect. I'm a strong believer that we have the answers in us. We just have mm-hmm. to allow to unfold them, listen, find them and then act upon them. So, a good example for what I mean with unlearning is that uh, we all are children of the, you know, the time we grew up in and there are certain mm-hmm. societal patterns, expectations, what matters. I come from a household my my two wonderful parents were both teachers. They built their life uh, being public servants. They really valued stability. So their expectation and their hope, out of best intent, was you know for me as their son to also pursue a career that offers stability. Mm -hmm. And when I took a different path and actually went into the private Mm -hmm. market and uh, of employers, that was a concern to them. And that's something I had to overcome. And it's not, like I said, bad intent, but it's something I knew I wanted to do different because I valued other aspects that in my case, I found easier to find and accomplish in a different setting.
0: So great tip here, and this is why when I'm coaching clients, I talk a lot about journaling because getting quiet, as as Martin said, and reflecting, those answers are inside of you. But you allow the external influences, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's societal norms, change your direction and your path. So that getting quiet and journaling can do a lot of that discovery. So right now, if you're holding on to something that someone has said or an expectation, you got to let it go to really walk into what it is for you, not what's the for them, but what it is for you. So, oh, I just I love this interview. We're already starting. We're cooking with, with grease and we got like five minutes in. But one of the questions I ask everyone when we start these interviews is about what makes your heart sing? What brings you professional joy?
1: Very simple, very easy. It's basically two things. I really enjoy helping others, you know, see a smile on the face of uh, whoever I'm working with, could be a colleague, could be a client, could be anybody. I really also take pride in uh, having the opportunity to assist and help people grow through their career. That's a part Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed in all the functions I had. And a little selfishly, the second part is, you know, also getting appreciation for it. So that Mm -hmm. smile, making someone else happy is also kind of a form of payment for me because it makes me happy. So that appreciation is something that fuels me and gives me back energy.
0: Oh, that's powerful! And throughout all of these interviews, the theme that I hear is about others. So no one is, has said so far, and you know we've got another half of season to go to say it's all about me. But really, where we find our joy is through serving others. So if you're thinking your purpose is about you, I can tell you now you got to rethink that because it is it is never about just you. So great great nugget there you talk about your own leadership journey, your senior director role now, I know, you know, manager, leader, tell us about your own leadership journey and where were some opportunities where you were able to help someone and their journey of purpose and figuring out their career?
1: Well, let me start with answering that last part. Everywhere Mm -hmm. in every uh, chapter of my journey, you have these opportunities and they just happen. You don't have to always create them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just have to be mindful of recognizing them and then... If the situation allows, act upon them. If I would describe my career looking back, uh, it's it's three big pieces. Um, because I knew early on that I'm very passionate about people. Uh, I knew mm-hmm. that in school, but it's you know it's very generic. I had that role model from my parents being teachers, which is all mm-hmm. about education and and giving. I liked it, but I didn't want to go into public service forever. So I went with the obvious choice and found the the sweet spot, which was mm-hmm. joining the German armed forces. So that's kind of a public service. But (laughs) I only signed up for 12 years. And it's the most people centric job I can think of. And in hindsight, Mm -hmm. I described that as uh, my leadership foundation. I learned Mm -hmm. so much about working with people, uh, going through very difficult decisions, celebrating success uh, under the most stressful environment when you really depend on each other, but also in, in very relaxed when you celebrate and have fun together uh, situations and how to earn the respect, the trust and really accomplish something as a team. So that was a great piece. And obviously, as I moved up the ranks, I um, had the responsibility, I evaluated people which had impact on their promotions. One of the key takeaways, because I was still early in my career, which means I was pretty young, I was uh, 28 when I took over the command of a, a tank company. So I was a commander for about 150 uh, soldiers, including oh, wow. a disciplinary command. And that included, in some cases, even the power to put people to jail when they misbehaved on a serious level. And, and I had to do that. And that really taught me a lot about responsible decision making and what is the right balance to help people educate based on uh, helping them understand what they did, but not, you know, demotivating them or crushing them to a level that they, they never recovered, but really find that line to give them guidance while being also fair to all the others and showing them what the left and right border to stay in that military language and picture is for them and the opportunity they can make and build for them within those uh, borders and guidelines so that was really a, a big piece of what shapes a lot of my decision making and interactions up to this very day
0: Oh, wow. So I can see, you know, here's you talk about the armed forces and how that shaped your your journey. And And we may have some listeners now who are transitioning from the military and going into the civilian world. Can you give them some tips on how you made that transition from the armed forces where you gained all of that leadership skills into the civilian world?
1: yeah to be honest, it was probably a little bit more difficult in Germany because the German armed forces at the time weren't mm-hmm. as much respected, I would say in terms of future employment opportunities as I mm-hmm. perceive it to be here the case in the US and that's of course uh, based on the history that Germany has with the uh, armed forces right. Um, right so i had to overcome a lot of uh, stereotype and prejudices uh, mm-hmm. especially when you apply for jobs you typically talk to hr departments there was always a fair chance that whoever you talked to in that hr department actually never served in the army and they just mm-hmm. had all these prejudices and stereotypes like i literally heard so often no we, we don't have uh, you know any opportunity for people screaming at our employees that's not mm. what we need uh, and mm-hmm. that's that's so off right so you mm-hmm. had to really educate the skills uh, that you learn and that you can transfer and I think there's a lot um, uh, that um, transfers very nicely like I said the leadership even if you're mm-hmm. not in an officer's career path. There's a lot of skills you learn of working, uh, accomplishing, guiding teams uh, through difficult situations. There's frankly a lot of improvisation mm-hmm. because uh, you get always a mission and there's uh, why there is uh, typically the space provided to get there you have to figure out how to, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, you need creativity, you need improvisation because it's always a dynamic situation, uh, conditions change and you have to react and act on the spot. You have to motivate others, you have to convince, you have to lead through difficult situations, you have to make tough decisions. This is all day-to-day stuff and it became even much more important and relevant in the majority of the industry that we see today as we have more and more service jobs, more and more people moving out of routine and repetitive tasks, taking on responsibility. Think about the empowerment, all the agile philosophy that really are basic and core skills that I learned during my time with the military. And that I think can be put on the, on the strength side when you try to make that transition. So you right. just have so, to explain it to your future employer.
0: Right. And that may be a challenge. It may not be the same lens, but still, you know, people face those challenges where they're saying people have the idea of what the military is, especially having never served, and have those stereotypes. So, as Martin said about understanding your transferable skills, understanding those things that you learned, that you picked up, the strengths, the values that you learned in the military – and learning how to communicate that when you're looking for job opportunities. So it is very important that your resume and even in the interview that you articulate that as you look to transition from the military into the corporate world. So great nuggets and gems that you're sharing here. And as I say, the audience knows I'm always going to say, write that down. So everyone listening, write those down because he has given you some some great tips on how to transition, whether it's from the military to corporate or even if you're looking to change industries. So I want to talk about your own risk as we talk about risk that you may have taken, those career moves that you say, as I'm looking and discovering purpose and getting comfortable, confident in that next step for me, has there been any risks that you had to take or steps that you had to take that maybe you didn't envision that initially, but you realize it can help you in your career journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Two examples coming to mind. So when I made the transition out of the military into the corporate world, I uh, choose to accept an offer from a medium sized company, uh, about a thousand employees, so much, much smaller that had a history of being founded as publicly owned, almost like a think tank, scientific mm-hmm. research institution, then got privatized 20 years before I joined it and worked on capabilities development. We call it concept development and experimentation at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, you can pretty much compare it with agile. So uh, have an idea, uh, quickly focus on building a minimal viable prototype mm-hmm. to test out, get feedback, and then continue to improve from there. So when I joined that Company as a program manager, I really enjoyed uh, the new things I could learn. I was working with very diverse teams, uh, scientists I typically hadn't worked with in the in the military. That that was mm-hmm. a new group. Mm-hmm. Um, I had opportunity to work internationally, which I really enjoyed. So so that was great. And before I knew it, I spent seven years being a program manager, and then I suddenly realized I really liked the work, but. This is a small company. There were four hierarchy levels. It was owned from the CEO. uh, Mm -hmm. That was his private company, literally. So there was not really place to grow. And at that time, I decided to make a step. Although I was very happy where I was and I was good at my job, I decided to start informing my network that I was open for other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then I got Mm -hmm. the opportunity to interview with Siemens big multinational conglomerate and they had a corporate uh, position at the time war sounded like business excellence advisory it became an in-house consulting organization so technically i wasn't a consultant i had leadership experience and i had yeah capability development which was process and activity based to people which is close to consulting and i felt it's close enough so i made that jump and just uh, with confidence said, I can I can do this job. And then I was thrown into a completely different environment. My first project with Siemens was about high speed train homologation processes, an area which I knew nothing about. But I okay, I, me I figured, either
0: because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but that's that's the beauty of consulting. You don't have to be an expert on all the topics because the organization has a lot of expertise. And my role was more quickly analyzing the situation where our bottlenecks where are roadblocks and how do we build that path to make it happen? And um, that's a contribution I was able to provide, but I, I wasn't aware that I could do that. I just assumed and, and ran with it. So that was Ooh. a risk I took and um, luckily it turned out pretty well.
0: Right. But you know, you said something in both of those stories that you shared. It's that I didn't know, maybe I wasn't an expert here. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone, but you said something, you said, I can do this. And oftentimes, we miss out on opportunities because we don't believe that we can do it. And so you're negating all of that you've learned and developed by not having confidence in your own skills and abilities. So we may not have all of the pieces to the pie. But if you believe, I can do this, like my background, my education, my willingness to learn, my grit. To push forward, then you can go for those stretch assignments that maybe you're not comfortable about. So comfortable going to. So great nugget in a gym is just believing in your abilities. As I share uh, with clients, God has gifted you so many gifts and talents, but if you don't leverage them, you're missing blessings that could be on the other side of that door. So I just love it. Martin, one of the things you talk about a lot that I just love, and I want the the audience to hear this, you talk about the art of leadership. Can you tell us more? I just love hearing him share this because this is truly a a nugget when we talk about leadership. Can you tell us more about that? What does it mean? And
1: Yes, happy to. I, I kind of picked that up because when I was trained as an officer, the task of guiding troops on the battlefield was often referred to as an art. Mm-hmm. And it is an art to a certain extent, but there's also a lot of technical skills that you can learn and I just took that picture and transferred it to my understanding of leadership in general because it 's also one of these areas where many people say you know you either have the talent or you don 't have it, which is partly true there's a lot of tools and skills that you can learn, but there's also that element where just your personal your personality your talents obviously fit in but when you take it literally as an abbreviation almost leadership as an art to me is really broken down into three big pieces and that's the a for appreciation it's the r for respect and the t for trust if you just take these three ingredients there's always more you can do But that's really, for me, the core of the art of the leadership. Just give people that you work with as a leader the confidence, the appreciation to help them feel safe, secure, and allow them to flourish. Treat everybody with respect. i made that experience so many times over. People you meet, even when you think you know them, you never know the whole story. And Mm -hmm. there there is no high, there is no low. Everybody deserves respect. And so many people amaze me with what their life story was. So just give that upfront and maintain that. And the same is true for trust. My experience is with very few exceptions, never underestimate anybody. Typically, people want to give their best, just Mm -hmm. trust them. And you will be amazed and surprised how people pay you back in beautiful ways when you trust them and treat them with respect and appreciation.
0: Awesome. So you heard it here. Write that down because those were just great words as you're looking at some either are leaders that you can kind of do your own litmus check, your leadership skills and development, and those who are interested in leadership. You know, those are some great words of wisdom that you can apply to develop as you move to the next level and begin leadership opportunities. So kind of going on that same path here, I want to talk about your legacy. We think about the legacy of Martin. What legacy do you want to leave behind?
1: You know, legacy is such a big word. I know I'm not the youngest anymore, but I feel too young to think about every day about my legacy in Mm -hmm. that term. For me, I would just be happy if the people I work with, I encounter that they remember me with a smile on their face. It's as simple as that, right? In the end, I, I work for many different companies with many different teams. What what remains are the personal relationships. So my focus, my legacy is to really leave an impact on the people I work with and ideally obviously in a in a good way. So if they <laughs> remember me with a smile, I'm I'm happy that's that's the perfect legacy for
0: Awesome. I love it. And every time I interact with Martin, I always have a smile on my face. So I can tell you right now, check, (laughs) you're on the right path. You're on the right (laughs) path. And kind of going in that same line, I'm always asking people, what is your why? You know, why do you do what you do? Why do you get up and go to work in the morning? What's that thread that keeps you going when we think about, you know, your career? What's your why?
1: Yeah, I think I already gave it away, but uh, I, I recently, because I'm a people person, I mm-hmm. recently heard a story that really resonated with me that kind of summarizes my why in one word. And that word is uh, "savubona." I probably mispronounced that because that's a South African word. It's actually from the Sulu tribe. Mm-hmm. And what it uh, means, it's a greeting, is I see you.
0: Um, Mm. that's
1: the literally the meaning of it the translation but it actually has a a broader much deeper sense and that is i see the whole of you with all your experience your passions your pain your strengths your weaknesses and also the future so it's really telling a person that this person is valuable to you and you are invested in that and in that person's future and well-being so that had a really nice ring to me. So Savo is kind of my why that makes me get up in the morning and be optimistic about who I can see that day.
0: Wow. That just, I mean, seriously, like touched my heart. I love that word. So beautiful why. And again, just really just... Gave me chills to hear that. So I'm sure that just gets you up early, ready to tackle the day when you're having that mindset. And for the audience, you know, knowing your why, why do you wake up in the morning? If you say, Michelle, I wake up to go to work in the morning with an expectation of a paycheck, I can tell you, you are missing the beauty of how work can align to your purpose in life. And so I encourage you all to find that why that generates you, that motivates you to get up and work every day. Because again, we're at work, a third of our lives. But imagine what that third can be if you felt like it was a part of your why. So uh, I appreciate that. And as we close in everyone, I always ask for hashtags because, you know, that's the end thing. And I think next season I may do something different, but I like to close it out with a hashtag. So what would you title, you give a hashtag to your own career journey and discovering your purpose at work?
1: So I'm a Gemini, and I make the claim I need two hashtags. I thought okay. about it.
0: I, I couldn't decide on
1: one, so I came up with two.
0: Okay. And it
1: kind of summarizes what we just discussed also. Uh, the first one I would like to use is hashtag dare to be yourself. That's the whole journey thing. Reflect, create the self-awareness, find out who you are, and go for it. Dare to be yourself. The second one, and that's equally important to me, is enjoy the ride. Have mm. fun smile, laugh a lot. Make sure that you're not chasing others' expectations, but make sure that you really get back energy from what you do. And the best way to check on that is if you're enjoying the ride, then you know you're on the right track.
0: Well, you get approval for two because I got some close family members, my dad, my sister-in-law, Jim and I. So I approve of both of those. Uh, But great nuggets, great hashtags for, for the audience. And as we close out, I always want to give people an opportunity to hear some advice, just words of wisdom for that person who is like, I'm coming into work. I don't really feel purpose in what I'm doing. I just need some advice to help me on my own career journey. What would that advice be?
1: So one thing I learned is that reality is actually a construction of your individual frame of reference. It's mm-hmm. based on how you grew up, the patterns that you learned, the filters that you have, the social background, the cultural background, that's your reality. And be always open that your reality might differ from someone else's reality. And if you want to turn that into a piece of advice, whenever I was asked about what's your motto, came back to a quote from Henry David Thoreau I really like. It's it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. So really focus on creating your reality and not perceive whatever you think is reality as boundaries to what you can achieve and what you can set your mind to.
0: Wow, I am blown away. I feel like we are gonna drop the mic on that because that is a perfect way to end this episode. I thank you all so much for tuning in to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. Again, I thank Martin for the words of wisdom, the nuggets that he has shared. And really, I I hope you were inspired by this episode because I sure was on what he poured into all of us today. So thank you for tuning in. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Creating Your Unlimited Journey podcast. I pray that you are blessed and enriched by today's content. I pray that you choose to walk purposeful and powerful in your career journey. If this message resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast. And for more resources on how I can support your career journey, please visit journeyunlimited.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and bye for now.